0: The following message is from the audio ministry of Coastal Community Church. We trust you'll find it helpful and encouraging. Now, here's Pastor Chris Rollins. Good morning, quite a movie. Uh, Raise your hand if you've not seen that movie. You might be the only ones left in America. Okay, there's quite a few people. Anyway, uh, hey, before we jump into that, by the way, we're in week four of this series called At The Movies, and um, what we've been doing, as we've been doing for several years here at Coastal, is uh, during the summer we we, uh, use uh, current and popular movies as kind of a hook or a springboard just to kind of launch in uh, to some sort of spiritual truth, some kind of truth that we can glean uh, from this movie and relate it to. God's Word and then just use it uh, as a springboard. But before we jump into um, uh, this movie, uh, part four, uh, Avengers, Infinity War, um, a couple of things I wanted to uh, bring up. Uh, First of all, everybody turn around to the impact sign back there. Uh, You see all those little stickers underneath the one sign, impact? Uh, We now have 50 people this year who have given their life to Jesus. Two more people. Uh, Actually, it was two... Uh, Two students gave their life to Jesus this past week uh, at camp. They had an awesome week of camp, and uh, then we got we had a bunch of people getting baptized in August, and uh, so a lot of students are joining uh, that as well. And uh, hey, uh, one other thing that um, I wanted to announce—it's in your announcement sheet, but it's not on your Connect card. But I'm going to make it on your Connect card today. And that is next Saturday morning. uh, We actually have a security team meeting uh, for those of you who are on our security team, or for those of you who are interested in being a part of our security team. Not only do we want everybody who comes to Coastal to feel welcome and feel like a warm, welcoming environment, but we also want it to be a safe environment. Yes, we do have a police officer on... Uh, uh, here every week, Uh, but we also have a security team. Uh, They're basically like uh, uh, spiritual ninjas, so if you'd like to be a part of that group or like to figure out what that's all about, uh, on the back of your Connect card, all you have to do is do this. There's not a box, but you could just write the letters ST and circle it. ST, security team, and that'll let us know that you're interested in being a part of the security team, and we'll send you a little reminder this week, uh, this this Saturday uh, at 9 o'clock. And uh, I think that's all I really wanted to announce today. Uh, We had a great week last week, by the way. Father's Day here at Coastal uh, was awesome, and uh, we're having just an awesome summer. Uh, There there really is no way that you could do uh, an At The Movies series this year, especially with a superhero theme, uh, and not include this movie that you just saw the clip from, uh, Avengers Infinity War. It's the third Avengers movie, uh, and get this, it is the 19th Marvel Comics film. Wow, 19, those guys are loaded, aren't they? Um, and uh, the, the, the sequel is already set to be released as they've already filmed it. Uh, it'll be out in May of this, this, uh, this coming year, May uh, 2019. And uh, as of this month, you ready for this? It is the fourth highest grossing film of all time. The highest grossing film of this year, the highest grossing Marvel comic film, and the highest grossing superhero hero film. It is the fastest film in history, to reach uh, a worldwide gross of $1 billion, and it did so in 11 days. It is the second fastest film to reach $2 billion worldwide. It did it in 48 days. Behind which movie? Anybody know which is the fastest movie to reach $2 billion worldwide? Avatar. Avatar. Um, so, Without giving too much of the movie away, one reviewer said this, Avengers Infinity War leaves viewers up in the air, feeling feeling exhilarated and cheated at the same time, aching for a closure that never comes, at least not yet. Okay, so there you go, a little big, little cliffhanger for you. If you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. Now, there's a bunch of different directions we could go in this movie today. You know, like all the Avengers movies, there's definitely this theme of teamwork. You know, it always takes uh, in these movies a team of superheroes, all of them working together for good, putting together their you know, putting aside their differences to you know defeat an enemy. And we could we could talk about uh, the value of life itself in, uh, from this movie. That's a prevalent theme uh, in this particular film. Uh, Thanos, the villain, believes that the universe is overpopulated, and the simple way to solve the problem is to eliminate half of its residents. But The theme that I want to talk about today, uh, what I want to use this movie for today, is probably the most obvious theme of this film, and uh, the biggest theme of most superhero movies. And that is this idea of good versus evil. Good versus evil. And I want to give you uh, several truths that I believe that the Bible teaches. If you're taking notes, write this down. Truth number one, you have an enemy, You have an enemy. Now, he is a powerful enemy who has declared war on you. There is a very real spiritual battle that is going on beyond what you and I can see. There is an enemy who is determined to steal, kill, and destroy you. He is waging a brutal assault daily on your heart, on your mind, on your family, on your marriage, your children and your finances. Who is he? His name is not Thanos. Uh, His name is Satan, the devil. And you might push back. Some of you here today and go, oh, come on now, Pastor Chris. You know, this is 2018. That's no different than than a movie, a Marvel Comics book. You know, that's just a myth. Are you saying that you actually believe in that? Absolutely. Absolutely. So where did he come from? The Bible says that he was a created being, an angel. Now, don't misunderstand me. He is not equally powerful with God. It's not like it's good versus evil with equal powers. Not at all. He was a created being. In fact, he was created to serve and minister to God. He gets a little full of himself. And he decides that instead of serving God, he wants to be God. And so he convinces a group of angels to rebel with him in somewhat of a cosmic rebellion against God, a treason. They go to war. Satan loses. In fact, many people believe that Revelation chapter 12 is kind of a a news report of that event. It's there on your outline. Listen to what it says, verse 9. The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Verse 12. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. So, what are the consequences of that? Verse 17. Then the dragon became angry at the woman, and he declared war against the rest of her children. Listen to this. All who keep God's commandments and confess that they belong to Jesus. So did you you get that? He's declared war against you. In other words, the Bible teaches that Satan is furious at every believer so much so that he has assigned demons to you personally to destroy you. He has declared war on you and your family. He is the one who makes your life miserable. He's the one who makes your life hard. You know, very few people in, uh, live their lives today as, this, as if they are aware of the reality that we are at war. You know, we go through life pretty much you know, completely oblivious to this. Now, In the New Testament, in Ephesians chapter 6, it's one of the greatest passages ever written on the spiritual battle that you and I are in. And I want us to take a look at that. Uh, Beginning in verse 10, it says this. A final word. Now, how many of you know that a final word's important? You know, especially if you're a parent, you know that, you know, like this past week, you send your kids off to camp, right? You want to give them that little final hug, that little final word, you know, or a long trip, or maybe off to college. A final word. You want to say those those words, at least you feel that way in your heart that this is important. Or for those of you who are a little bit older and your kids are getting married, you know, like my daughter did a couple of weeks ago, you know, you want to say those those last little things that that are important, that are in your heart. And so, in other words, this right here, this is important. And the Apostle Paul, he's full of emotion and conviction and passion, and he wants them to get this. And that's what's going on here in this passage, in this passage. It's as though he's a a general in a battle and he's speaking to the troops before he sends them off to battle. In in other words, you've got to get this. So here's what he says. Again, a a final word. Be strong with the Lord's mighty power. In other words, he's painting a picture of what you and I are getting ourselves into. He says this is gonna be hand-to-hand, house-to-house combat. It's gonna be exhausting at times. It's going to be overwhelming at times, and you need the strength that only comes from Jesus himself. Verse 11, put on all of God's armor so that you will be able to stand firm against all strategies and tricks of the devil. Now, notice the plural of those words, strategies and tricks. In other words, Satan doesn't just, you know, have one. He's got all kinds of strategies and tricks, In fact, think about this. It's as though he has got a custom-designed strategy and trick designed to bring you down. Now, why does he want to do that? Well, because he wants you and I to miss out on the abundant, full, wonderful, joyful life that God has called you to live. You know, here at Coastal, we say it all the time, that Jesus has come to bring life and life more abundantly. And Satan... You know, is doing everything he can to keep you and I from experiencing that. Look at verse 12. For we are not fighting against people made of flesh and blood. Again, here's the real world. Listen to what he says. The real world. We're not fighting against people made of flesh and blood, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against those mighty powers of darkness who rule this world, against the wicked spirits in the heavenly realms. Wow. Now, here in our culture, in our day and time, you know, we're we're very rational people. Everything has a cause and effect. You know, that's why this this whole spiritual realm, for a lot of people, is a pretty tough pill to swallow, you know, today in our modern Western culture. I mean, it's kind of like if we can't see it, measure it, taste it, feel it, examine it, we don't believe in it. And yet, it's as though here in Ephesians 6, what what the Apostle Paul is doing is kind of peeling back the curtain of what you can see and what you can touch. And he's wanting you to know listen, there is a whole other world there. It's a spiritual world, and it's real. Now, this is important, though. He says that your enemy is not flesh and blood. In other words, your enemy is not the person who sits at work next to you and drives you crazy. Okay? It's not your neighbor. It's not your boss. It's not that business partner who took uh, unfair advantage of you. It's not that person who, who pursued your spouse. It's not Donald Trump. It's not Barack Obama. Okay? It's not a politician. It's not a world leader. You see... What he's saying here is that if you and I really knew what was going on, if the curtains of this world could be pulled back, we would see that there is a very real spiritual world. And you know what we would see? That we have an enemy who tempts people in the area of their weaknesses. And rather than see people that you come into contact with... Every day, people that you might disagree with on certain issues, instead of seeing them as the enemy, do you know what we would see them as? We would see them as objects of God's love. That neighbor, that coworker, that boss, that person that you disagree with, that person who lives a different lifestyle than you, we would see them as objects of God's grace and the very reason that we are in God's army in the first place, not to defeat them, but to reach them. We're here to reach out to that person, to show them the the love of Jesus. We are at war and we have a very real enemy. Truth number two, evil days are coming. Evil days are coming. Now I know so far you're sitting there thinking, "Wow, this is a very encouraging message today, Pastor Chris. You know, we're at war, we got an enemy, bad days are coming, wow, thank you, welcome to Coastal, you know? But it's true. It's true, and you need to hear this. Verse 13, listen to this. Use every piece of God's armor to resist the enemy in the time of evil, so that after the battle, you will still be standing firm. In fact, the New International Version of that says, when the day of evil comes. In other words, it's not if, it's when. Listen, how many of you have ever had a bad day, right? Had a bad day. How many of you are having a, had a bad day this past week, right? How many of you, today's not looking too good, right? You know? Let me ask you, why do we have bad days? Now, what I want you to see is that sometimes, not always, you know, but sometimes the answer is you're at war. Now, in a war, some days are quiet. You know, not every day is hand-to-hand combat. But some days are full of bombs and shelling and fighting. And the Apostle Paul is very clear here. that so you're going to have some tough days. There are going to be days in your life when loving your wife or your husband is harder than it's ever been. There are going to be days in your life when raising your children is harder than it ever seemed before. There are going to be days when, when your job that you used to love going to is now a drudgery like never before and you want to quit every day. There are going to be days when, when paying your bills and making ends meet seem, seem harder than it's been. In fact, there are going to be days when, when the ministry in which you serve at seems like it's just another plate in your life that you're trying to keep spinning up in the air. There are going to be days when resisting temptation, whether it's looking at pornography or having another drink or eating more than you should, is harder than it's ever been before. But you've got to be prepared. You have an enemy and you're at war. Now, here is the good news. And I want you to hear this loud and clear today. Truth number three You and I have the power to overcome. We have the power to overcome. You know, it doesn't say, well, you might be able to resist. You know, possibly if you'll do these things, you might not get beat up so bad, and you'll be able to limp into heaven. He doesn't say that. It actually says here, you can resist the evil one and stand firm if you use the armor that God has given to you. Now, not only are most Christians totally oblivious to the fact that every single day you're in a battle, but I really think most believers have no clue as to what the equipment is that you've been given to resist him, to stand firm. So let's take a look. Again, the Apostle Paul here is using the picture of a soldier. And so he begins to dress him out in the armor of the first century and then compare that to our armor. Okay, so let's do the same thing. The first thing he says is that we need the belt of truth. The belt of truth. Why? Well, one of the primary ways that Satan is going to keep attacking you is through lies. Lies. In fact, look what Jesus said in John 8, 44. Listen to this. He was a murderer from the beginning and has always hated the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. Now, in other words, most of the attacks of Satan begin in your mind. They begin in your thought life. He plants a lie in your mind, and then he just kind of parades it as the truth. And what he wants is for you to agree with it. To accept it as as reality, as truth. And then what that does is that gives Satan a stronghold. A stronghold. In other words, a battle station in your soul, in your heart. An opportunity for him to to destroy the quality of life that God wants you to experience. Let me me give you some examples. You know, you're, you're having a tough conversation with one of your kids it's just one of those tough you know maybe tough love or or you know teachable moment whatever it is it's a hard conversation with one of your one of your children and then you hear this voice man you blew it you know what what kind of parent are you you know you, you you are pitiful you always blow it and then you go man you're right I'm terrible. I'm a terrible father. I'm a terrible mom. What have you done? What have you done right there? You have made agreement with a lie that Satan has planted in your heart. You've given him a stronghold. You started an exercise program. You know, maybe just for your health, maybe to feel better, maybe to lose some weight. And you're at the gym. You know, you're, you're pumping away one of those elliptical machines, and then you hear this. You're nothing but a big, fat pig. And you're always going to be one. And, and then Satan is just looking for you to agree with him. You're trying to break a habit. You know, and you're tempted. You'll never be able to do it. You always give in. You don't have the power to change. You're trying something new, maybe something new spiritual in your life. And then what do you do? All of a sudden, what comes to mind is a time in your, in your past where you failed. You're going to screw this one up too. Do you know what that is? That's the enemy. He's planting lies. So what's the answer it is to recognize again that I am at war, and then it's to equip yourself with the belt of truth. Listen to this verse, 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 5. It says, the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish Arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. And listen to this we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. Again, the battle is in your mind. And so, if Satan can get you to start thinking improperly, incorrectly about God, about yourself, about the church, about ministry, about your marriage, about other people, do you know what's going to happen? He's gonna derail you, and you're not gonna experience the, the abundant life that God has for you. And so you've got to put on the belt of truth. Think of the belt of truth like a like a strainer. It's what you use to determine what you're going to believe. In other words, when a thought comes to mind, before you believe it, before you agree with it, you say, Hey, before I give acceptance to this thought, before I accept it as true, is it true? Does it line up with the word of God? Does it line up with what God says about me? And if it's not God, listen to this, it's not true. The Bible says that we, by doing this, we are taking those those thoughts what? Captive, captive. You know, it's where we say, whoa, wait a second. I am not agreeing with this. That's of the enemy. He's at war with me. The Bible says he is a liar. He is the father of lies. I'm not going to accept it. I don't receive it. I don't agree with it. This is not what God says about me. It's not the truth. The belt of truth. Second piece of armor. The breastplate of righteousness The breastplate of righteousness. By the way, we could do a a whole series on each one of these pieces of of combat, each one of these pieces of armor. Uh, We're just kind of a a quick run through today. Uh, This was like the bulletproof vest of their day. Uh, It was to protect the heart. Your vital organs. Satan is trying to to get your heart off track by then getting you to sin. First he tries to get you to believe a lie, and then he wants you to act on that lie. And so the breastplate of righteousness simply says that as a believer, as a Christian, I am the reflection of the righteousness of God. Not because of who I am, not because of what I've done, but because because God has transferred to me the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And so when a temptation comes, it's as though you have the breastplate of righteousness, which says, you know what? God has called me to live a life worthy of my calling. He's called me to live above that. He's called me to something greater. I'm not going to believe that lie, and I'm not going to act on it, because I have the righteousness of Jesus. Third piece of armor, the shoes of peace the shoes of peace. Ephesians 6.15. For shoes, put on the peace that comes from the good news so that you will be fully prepared. How many of you know that a, a good pair of shoes is important? I mean, a good pair of shoes. You, if you're a runner, if you, uh, you know, depending on where you work, if you're a nurse or a teacher, somebody who's on their feet all day long, you know that a good pair of shoes is important. Well, this verse says, You need to be ready to run with the peace that comes from the good news, the good news of the gospel. In other words, there's an urgency about us. We're ready to go. Now, how can you be ready with the gospel? Let me give you a couple of ways. First of all, you just need to understand that you are always on mission. You're always on mission. We say this a lot here at Coastal. You're a missionary. You're a missionary. Your mission field is this community where you live, work, and play. You need to understand that when you leave these doors, when we gather together on Sunday morning, and when you leave, that, that you are on a mission from God. You're, you're out in this community where you live, work, and play, serving, loving, praying, building relationships, being the feet and hands of Jesus, loving our community, and then you've got to be ready to share the reason for the faith that you have. People are going to ask you, hey, why in the world do you spend part of your Sunday by going to church? Why are you involved over there at Coastal? You know, what is it that makes a difference in your life? How in the world did you and your spouse get through that difficult time, that that hard stretch? You know, how do you teach your kids values? Where's Where's your faith come from? How in the world do you make ends meet in this economy? And then you're ready to tell people, you know, what a difference Jesus makes. And then you're just ready. You're ready to make that invitation. You're ready to, to reach out, to extend a hand and invite them to maybe come to your life group. Maybe to come and serve with you and to make an impact over the summer. Maybe you invite them to a special event, you know, like our, like our movie night, we, our movie day we had this past week. Or maybe you invite their family, their kids to come to vacation Bible school. Or you invite them to a Sunday morning service. Why? Why? Because when they come here, they're gonna hear all about Jesus. They're gonna hear about the Gospel. So you put on the shoes of the Gospel of peace. Next piece of armor, the shield of faith. The shield of faith. In verse 16, it says this. In every battle, you will need faith as your shield to stop the fiery arrows aimed at you by Satan. Again, he's talking about the armor of the first century. They had these shields that were about uh, two feet wide, about four feet high. They were made of wood. And uh, they would get behind them as a group and they would move forward. And the enemy would just simply light their arrows on fire and shoot them and then burn up the shields. And so these guys with shields figured out that, well, you could wrap the shields with leather and dip the leather in water so when the arrows hit, it would quench the fiery arrows of the enemy. So what he's saying is that that's what you gotta do with the shield of faith. Because the enemy who you are at war with He's sending fiery arrows. Now again, what are they? Well, again, that's the lies. That's the discouragement. That's the the circumstances that don't work out the way you thought they would. Those are the fiery arrows that the enemy is using all the time to get you off track. He says you need the shield of faith. What's faith? Hebrews 11.1 says, it is the confident assurance that what we hope for, it's going to happen. It's the evidence of things that we cannot yet see. So when there is a discouragement, when the doubt does come, when there is a disappointment, you know what? You put on the shield of faith. I trust God's word until I can see it. Not when, Until. And you can do that because, as a believer, you have been given the shield of faith. The next piece of armor is the the helmet of salvation. In other words, he's saying, protect your head. Protect your head, because the enemy's gonna try to get in your head. He is. If you've ever played any kind of sport, you you know there's always a mind game going on, right? You know, whether you're on the court or on the field, you're trying to get into your opponent's head. I I, I might have shared this little trick uh, before, but I saw two guys this morning, uh, they're going to go golfing today after church. Let me give you a little, uh, I want you to try this, okay? Or anybody else, if you're ever going golfing, just try this. Right as they're about to tee off, interrupt them and say, hey, I got a question for you. Do you breathe out or breathe in when you swing? Just put that right there, okay? That's all you got to do. He's going to get in their head, you're going to mess with them, right? Okay, so now the enemy is going to do that to you all the time, He's going to try to get in your head. You know, you're not worthy. You know, God doesn't love you. Seriously, you're going to do that one more time? You know, that's that's it. He's had it with you. But you know what? I have the, the helmet of salvation. You know what God says about me? God says, Chris, you are saved. I am secure in his kingdom, in his family. I have been forever adopted as his son. You have as his son, his child, his daughter. You put your faith in Christ. You know, I have eternity waiting on me in heaven, not because of who I am, not because of what I've done, but because of Jesus, because what Jesus did for me through his death, burial, and resurrection 2,000 years ago. I have the helmet of salvation, and you have that. The last one is the sword of the Spirit, the sword of the Spirit. It's the Word of God, the Bible. It's a weapon, and we've got to be well-trained in using it. We've got to be comfortable with it. We've got to be familiar with it. And listen, the only way that happens, you ready for this? is by you reading it, by you spending time with it. By you, you know, memorizing verses, be, having a daily devotion. Now, you've got to understand something, though. This is why it's so important for you to, to be familiar with it. Satan uses the same sword. He just twists it. And so you've got to know what the Bible says. You know, when, when Jesus was tempted in, in the desert, Satan comes to him. And you know what he does? He quotes Scripture. Now, he twists it, but Jesus knew the Word. Jesus is the word. Jesus corrected him. He would say, no, 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 no. This is what God's word says. And that's a reminder to me and a reminder to you that if you're going to use the sword of the spirit, you've got to be familiar with it. You've got to know God's word. But all too often, you know what we do? Do you know what Christians do? We pull out the sword, and then we just stab each other with it. That's all we do. We, we, we stab each other, you know, over things that really don't matter. In fact, we stab other people, the very people that we are called to reach out to and love. And all the while, we're at war. And we're going to use the sword of the Spirit against the enemy. Remember, our enemy is not flesh and blood. And then he concludes all of this with verse 18 saying this, Pray at all times and on every occasion, in the power of the Holy Spirit. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all Christians everywhere. Man, that's a great way to close out this section. That's a great way to close out this this talk to, to the army. Pray, pray for each other, pray all times. Be persistent in praying for one another. Stay alert, stay awake, why? Because you have an enemy. And he's trying to destroy you. He's trying to destroy your family every day. Listen, you need to understand you are going to be bombarded by the enemy. But you and I, as Christians, as believers, we actually have the power to overcome. You know, not because of you, not because of me, but by the power that's available to you through Jesus. Coastal, here's my charge to you today. Here's my challenge. Put on the full armor of God and let's go to battle. You know, and the good news is is that the battle that we're in, this, this battle ultimately, you ready for this? We already know who wins. We do. We know the outcome. We are, in, we are on the winning side. Satan has been defeated. True love wins out. Now, you ready for this? What gets to happen now is that you and I get to be on the winning team. We get to be a part of the church. You and I get to be a part of the family of God, the army of God. And the Bible says that we get the privilege of beating down the gates of hell and we get to rescue people one life at a time, one person at a time with the love of Jesus. Costa, let's go to battle. Let's go to battle. There, there are people all around you where you live, work and play. They're just waiting for you to show them what a follower of Jesus looks like, and they need the life power, the life-changing power of Christ. Are you ready to do battle? Maybe you're here today, and you've been, you've been struggling. And if and the truth be told. You know, life is hard. You're fighting discouragement. And you've not yet put your faith in Christ. And you've been coming to Coastal and you've, you've heard the good news of the gospel. And listen, the good news is this. It's just, it's so simple. Listen, we've blown it. We've all blown it. You know, that the, the standard of judgment, the standard of comparison, that you're gonna be judged one day is not me, it's not you, It's not your neighbor, it's not Billy Graham, it's not the Pope, it's not Mother Teresa, it's not Hitler. It's God. And compared to him, we all blow it. We've all fallen short. We've all sinned. But God in his great love knew that He knew that that would happen. And so he decided to pay the price for your sin and mine. He decided to send his one and only son, Jesus, to the cross. Jesus came and he lived that perfect life so that he could transfer to your account his righteousness. He went to the cross. He took on all of our sin, your sin and mine, all the sin of this world. And he died on that cross, and he proved his power over sin and death by rising from the dead, by coming back from the grave. He is alive. And because of that, he then transfers his righteousness over to our account once we put our faith and trust in him. And then God looks at you, he looks at me, and he says, perfect, clean, brand new, forgiven. But he's just waiting on you to make that decision, that choice. To come home. And it's only one step of faith. It's not about you cleaning up your life. It's not about you trying to be a better person. It's faith in Christ and what he did for you. And then if you will simply say yes to Jesus, if you will accept him into your life as your your savior and your Lord, he will forgive you of your sin. He will give you a purpose for living. And he will give you all the armor that you need to stand victorious. You can have that today. You've been listening to a message from Pastor Chris Rollins of Coastal Community Church. For more information about Coastal or to explore what your next step of faith might look like, check us out online at coastalcommunitychurch.org. From Pastor Chris and the family at Coastal Community Church, thanks for listening.